Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to Further Love of Paul McGrath Podcast. And a bit of a desolate and downtrodden kind of uh, feeling after a game whereby we deserved nothing. We got a point. We could have got three points. And to be honest with you, I don't even know, really know how to feel after that game because it was poor, poor performance in any attacking, attacking aspect. And uh, it looked like we were going to come away with three points. I don't even know what I've, what I've been happy with that. But we came away with one point. And to be honest with you, I'm probably sitting here kind of going, I'm a bit indifferent to the result after coming away with one point. Paddy, you're with me again tonight. What was, what's your feeling after that game, after we lost uh, a lead in in, in injury time to Newcastle United? Well, (laughs) I'm mad. I'm uh, a little bit glad that we didn't get the three points because it would have papered over the cracks. I know, I never uh, say that. Oh, you're always glad to get three points. Because well, you can't talk about paper over cracks in this. Well, sorry, actually, that's unfair for me to say. You haven't explained why. Sorry. So go ahead. Go ahead and explain. Well, the most important thing is we didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve yeah, three that's, points. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. And and that and that would it would have been a travesty from a Newcastle point of view. Not that I have anything to, you know, be thankful for them about. It's just I'm I'm just, you know, playing devil's advocate here. We didn't deserve three points we could have very easily got them I would have taken them I would have been happy with them but we didn't deserve them by any means we, we uh, well to be fair Newcastle only started attacking our goal after we scored it was a, it was just a strange strange game um, you know I'm going to address the ele- elephant in the room very early we are missing Jack big time 
there's a huge 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 long conversation to have between now and the summer to whether we want to push on or stay where we are because we're going to get downtime here where we don't have Jack Grealish so there needs to be money spent there needs to be backup to be brought in and unfortunately the backup that we have doesn't cut it they're bereft of ideas they're bereft of decision making is absolutely dreadful absolutely dreadful tonight and I I don't mean Mm. in general I just mean tonight it was just poor um, there was a scare. There was there was there was a there was a uh, kind of a timid kind of scaredness out there tonight, especially from El Ghazi. Um, Bertrand Trory in the first half was cutting in. I thought of it, uh, and he was doing okay. Um, Trezeguet had came out of the blocks for the first ten minutes. I thought he was very good. Mm-hmm. Didn't like then, did, then did nothing missed. after that. Yeah. El Ghazi similarly looked okay at the start when we were attacking. He was um, a big problem tonight. The, min- the, minute Ber- the minute Bertie uh, got injured, I thought the it's just really hard to explain. The zip kind of the zip for, went for out a of our performance, we, the unpredictability. We, yeah, well, we we went down to ten men obviously for that few minutes that that was happening. The first thought should have been get him back to the halfway line, get him onto the pitch, and then get him to lie down, and that never happened. So it gave them a little bit of attacking impetus for that, those few minutes against 10 men. And you could see that there was, you know, a good deal of urgency there when that happened. So it's it, it was a strange all game. Uh, uh, disappointed early on that the referee failed to give John Joe Shelby a yellow card for his tackle. I think if he'd have connected with Jacob Ramsey, we could be looking at a broken leg. And I don't care what anyone says about me slagging referees. It was a dreadful decision just to give a free kick. Um, as blatant as as it gets, and then he starts dishing out yellow cards in the second half, and you're going, the game didn't fucking start at halftime. Like, you have to protect players from the start. You, you have to call these guys out on what they're doing. Um, what Shelby did was dangerous; should have been a yellow card. Um, I didn't get a, a decent enough look at what happened with the Bertrand Triori situation, whether it was an you know, it was. It looked like to me like it was just the coming together, and your man was just stronger than them. And uh, again, the decision making. Let yourself hit the advertisement hoardings, and mightn't have been so bad. But he chose to jump the advertisement hoardings and and hits the metal fence, which is obviously going to be a whole lot worse. Mm. But who knows? I probably would have done the same in, in my situation. But um, the decision from our medical team, they brought him back up the line. They should have said to him, "Get back on the pitch and lie down." Plain and simple. If you can't get back on, if you can't continue, go onto the pitch, lie down. I don't care what you do, stop the fucking game. That's the way it should have been. Mm. So yeah. you, can sense, you can sense a little bit of madness in my voice at this stage. I'm not, I'm not my my normal um, glass half full person tonight because there's, there's there were so many negatives in the game that it's it's really pissed me off. Um. Yeah. Right, so my view of that game tonight was that we this is the first time I'm I suppose I'm really willing to admit that we looked a tired team, um, and that's okay too. You know, I'm not just going to sit here and say we weren't tired, everything is going fantastic, and just be uh, just just to just to keep what I've said all the time, you know, uh, just keep a status quo on what I've said all the time. We looked a bit of a tired team tonight. Ollie Watkins needs help. 
He just does. Like he's 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 such a brilliant player. I didn't like he seems to be getting a bit of hate out there. He's not he can't hold the ball up. He's not a target man. Go figure. He's five foot he's five foot eleven. You know, that's we we've resorted to kicking high balls up to him. That's what we've resorted to doing. That's not his game. Um you mentioned that when Jack comes back into the team, when Jack comes back into the team, we would be much more balanced. I thought Anwar Gazi was a big problem tonight. Big problem tonight. He was he was clueless in, in possession. I it was take it down, cut inside, and had a shot that was blocked. That's that was literally his all he wanted to do tonight was get his shots blocked. I, I I'm not digging him out as uh, but he I found him the most frustrating player on the field tonight. Um, and it's not the first time. Like it's that that gap in quality. Yes, he's got seven goals this year, and we commend commend him for every single one of those. And there's been some games where he's been lights out and he's been fantastic. But it's inconsistency, and when he's when he looks devoid of confidence, I've said it before. When he looks devoid of confidence, what he tries to do is have a shot like that to make him confident. But it was getting blocked after blocked after block yeah. after block. They had seventeen blocks in the game. Newcastle did. They had seventeen blocks in the game, which tonight. ultimately goes back to poor decision making. In that's the what it is. Yeah, and that's where we're at. We just we're just bereft of ideas. I I I can't see where goals are coming from without Jack in the team. And that's well, effect, well, effectively, effectively an OG. So it's that's three games for us without a goal. No, it's not because we scored a goal. So we scored a goal. I, I, look, I, I'm into my stats and stuff like that, but we still scored a goal. Uh, you know, so that's, that is why that's, that, no, that's, that's headline stuff that, that, that I won't be buying into. Um, but, yeah, it's like we can't go. We can't go that period of time against teams that were well below us in the league without scoring goals and and a few goals, not just yeah. one to win match. You know, we we were bereft of ideas against Sheffield United. We were a bit better against Wolves, and we we were back to very well, similar against Sheffield no. United. Against Sheffield United, we did have a few goal mode scrambles. You know, we could have scored four or five against Sheffield United. We just didn't. Mm-hmm. I think that was that, like, well. That's because we were a goal down, so they were putting more people into the box. Tonight, tonight we just couldn't get. We, we were putting balls into the box, and there was no one there. No, we got one. This is it. But this, um, this is the thing. Like uh, you, you put balls into the box, and there's only Ali Watkins in there. Yeah, and, so, like I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you with that. Yeah, he needs help. Mm. Um, you know, as I started by saying, our yeah. whole transfer policy has to change, and and the money needs to be spent if we're going to push on. But because you, you can't take one player over team and be totally bereft of ideas, and that's exactly what's happened. You know, we weren't we weren't that great against Leeds, but we got we got the result, we got the win. Happy days, but. A win tonight would have papered over the cracks. People need to, people need to see, the owners need to see that money needs to be spent. That if Jack comes out of the team, there's people come in and, so, and pick up. So, right, playing devil's advocate here, money needs to so the money needs to be spent in the transfer. The transfer policy needs to change. But we we did kind of spend money in this in this half season on a twenty eight million pound striker and fourteen million on a winger. Uh, what is it that we need to buy a mar- one marquee player as opposed to as opposed to to, to to buying 
like Matty Cash, like like realistically, the players that we bought, Ollie Watkins has been fantastic. Matty Cash has been brilliant. Emilio Ma- Emiliano Martinez. So like the hundred million needs to be spent in one goal or one player or two players, as opposed to four or five. Is, is that what you mean by the change of of transfer policy? Is it? Is that what you'd like I'm, to see? I'm like not, I'm not I'm not talking for whole wholesale changes. In, yeah. In yeah. Policy. Yeah. I'm talking I'm talking about the fact that we need we need a marquee signing or yes. two. Yeah. There need cool. there needs to be proven players brought in that we don't have the case that somebody is doubling up on Jack because we've we've got problems in the other in other parts of the game. Like it, it, when you play Man City, you can't put two players on Kevin De Bruyne because they'll hurt you elsewhere. You can't put two players on, on James Madison when you're playing or Jamie Vardy when you're playing Leicester because they'll hurt you elsewhere. That's that's the kind of area mm. we need to we need to be looking at. So what do we bring in? I've, I've absolutely no problem with Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins is our hardest working player. Yeah, he hasn't exactly. had a rest. He hasn't had one minute's rest from any game this season. No. He has worked his nuts off, and I've absolutely no problem with him. I have a problem with the people who are supporting him. Exactly. Um, I didn't have well, a problem with Ollie Watkins earlier in the season, or uh, actually earlier in the season. He's just gone to pot. He's just he's just not doing it for me anymore. Uh, El Ghazi's the same. It's all very well getting five goals in a month and then going missing. You can't do that. There's no there's no explanation for it. Um, Trezeguet will always work hard for you. I have a lot of admiration for him. Is he up to this standard? No. It, I'm still on the fence with that. These are the people that we need supporting our striking options. I know we've Wesley to come back in there and that may mean that Ollie Watkins does a lot more work on the wing. It'll be interesting to see, but I think we need at least one, if not two, marquee signings to come in and change what we have here. And it's it's not you know, and anyone that listens to this know I, I'm I'm generally positive, mm. but I, I can't accept drawing even without Jack to Newcastle. They are absolutely shite. And there's no point in sugarcoating and saying, oh, they, they did okay tonight. They didn't. They didn't they didn't start playing until we scored. I think I think the most challenging uh shot on goal was by Matty Target. <laughs> and Heavy Martinez had to pull off a save. Mm. Uh, that, they hit the crossbar, the one they hit the crossbar as well. Yeah, they, they hit the crossbar late on, but that's about as, as close as they came until they started making changes. And even at that, we could have dealt with the one that hit the bar a bit better. We could have dealt with the goal a bit better. We had we were in possession with 34 seconds to go. We lost possession on the edge of our area. The first ball that comes in, then from that, I thought Andy Carroll pushed El uh, Mohamed. You know, it would have been harsh if it was given. If it was given against Villa, I would have been annoyed. But yeah. I, it was a big man, small man tackle between himself and El Mohamed. The ball goes back out. And then it gets crossed in again for Lascelles to, to head the ball. And in fairness, like I know that people are going to dissect that goal. They're going to and, and like he's a big man, Lascelles. He gets about a three yard run, and he just gets on the back of I think it was Douglas Louise for a finish. Was but, Douglas Louise? Yeah, but, because I was disappointed with him. Yeah, I I was actually I wasn't disappointed with Douglas Louise. I was more disappointed with him again not closing down not closing down the man. He gave him a ten. 10 yard buffer to cross the ball. And I think at that at that stage of the game, if you've got a tired player who can set his feet, he's going to still be able to cross the ball in. But if you've got a tired player and you've got and, and I know McGinn was might have been tired as well, but if you've got a manic Scotsman running at you 
you know, shouting everything at you under the sun, trying to put you off. You're going to slice that out over the bar, no matter what level of player you are. I, I, I think, the, I think the issue there was probably more the closing down on the outside than Lassell, like Lascelles had gotten ahead of steam. If Douglas Louise gets turned around, he's still falling over, like he's still getting beaten in the air for that. Uh, yeah. I, I think, um, I think it was just, I think it was a very good header from Lascelles. Like, like we, we can, oh, we can pick, very well. We can pick, we can pick fault even, with what Villa did. We, we got a corner yes. before the goal. We should have scored. And Jesus, just before the goal. The pass no, to an offside Ronnie Watkins. Oh, Christ. What was that about? And then El Ghazi firing at the keeper. Yeah. But we got a corner one, uh, shortly before they scored. And we put two players over there shielding the ball. It should have been three yes. players over there shielding the ball. We should have got another corner over it, throw in, yeah. whatever. Rattle down the clock. We just weren't clever enough to do it. And it's cost us. Uh, we didn't deserve to win. Uh, you know, people giving out about Ollie Watkins you look at the movement off the ball if for that goal it was incredible he had no right to get to that ball and he couldn't completely come across Kieran Clark to get something on it and not sure if it was on target or not but what does that matter the ball's in the back of the net it, it, it's in the back of the net because he got there um, so it, it's obviously going to be awarded as a, an own goal but um. I had Oddie Watkins at six to one to hit the target with a header, and they paid out. So <laughs> maybe it was going in. <laughs> spend it quick. Spend it quick. Um, yeah, like this. This is this might be a, a shorter podcast than normal because, to be honest with you, there's only so many times we can say the performance was poor. Um, but like, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Or how well, I want to say it. So I, I'm looking at Twitter here, right? I'm looking at Twitter since the end of the game, Paddy. And I'm going to ask you a question. Twitter is aghast with Dean Smith is not up to the task. I'm not going to try and influence you anyway. I just want to know if I was to say the, say the phrase to you, Dean Smith isn't up to it. Discuss. What's, what's there to discuss? Roll, roll, the clock, roll the clock back 12 months and see where we are. And where yeah. we are now. Who managed this for the first exactly? Who managed this for the first four months of the season? Exactly. Um I you know, we're poor. We're poor. And I, I I'm not sugarcoating the fact that we've been poor without Jack. We've said it. Um we've 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 tried to be positive. Tonight wasn't positive. Tonight was poor. I'm I'm genuinely pissed off for the first time in a long time with our performance. Um do I blame Dean Smith? No. Um I'm annoyed at some of the players that don't seem to have a, a, a bit of fight in them. And, you know, we've said it before about Amwell or Ghazi. He had his chance. He's not taking it. He does it for a month and then why, goes missing. Why do we find him so frustrating, Paddy? Why because do we find frustrating. him so... Because I know, but but can, can we at least verbalise it in the podcast that we just don't hate El Ghazi just... And we don't hate him either, but we just find him frustrating because it's for me. I think I've sitting on the fact that he's so hot and cold, and what do you want? And, and I don't think he's a team player in the fact that he would prefer to have a shot blocked and go, Oh, oof, that was yeah. going on target, than he would to, to. And this is just the feeling I get from watching him play. Um, I, I think I've pinpointed it down to that, but I can't figure yeah. I, And maybe the fact he's all the potential in the world, and I'm watching a player that isn't fulfilling his potential. I think there's a bit in that too as well. And I find that frustrating. It's not that I dislike him. 
I think I'm more frustrated with the with, with that those two pieces more than anything else. But what what's it for you, Paddy? What do you what do you find frustrating about him? Because I just I just don't think he has the heart for a fight. And tonight was a fight that we didn't win. I didn't think he put in enough effort for me. Um, I think he at times he thinks he's Ronaldo and he's not, and he can't sulk after having a shot blocked like Ronaldo does because Ronaldo will get the next ball and ping it into the top corner. He won't. So he needs to get that out of his head, get his head out of his arse and work a bit harder and try a bit harder and fight a bit harder. And that's what ultimately annoys me about him. I think his decision-making is poor. I think his crosses are poor. Um, I know we're singling them out. There was plenty of them. I thought Barkley The crosses from the, the whole team are poor. They've been oh, poor. they were, yeah. Crosses from the whole team oh. have been poor the last six games, even before Jack left. Jack, Jack got yeah. injured. Um, you know, we, we spoke about Elmo a few weeks ago getting the ball. He, he, mm. he didn't do that. He hasn't he done it the no. last few games. He hasn't done it. No. Uh, Trezeguet hasn't done it. Um, you know, we can we can point right across the board. Um, you you want to pick out the positives. Um, Sanson, come on, and I thought we were much more positive with him in the team. Um, Ezri Konza is fast becoming one of our best players. I thought he was absolutely immense tonight again. Um, it, on a night where Joe Linton, I felt, absolutely had the upper hand on Tyrone Mims yeah. and had him wound up to the hilt. I thought Esri Conza was just such a calmness. I still think team. Mings played well, though. I, I, I still think he played well, but he was he had he had all he could handle in Joe Linton in the physical battle. Oh, he tonight, did for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still I, I don't I think it was maybe one or two times the first half yesterday or yeah the first half where he got in behind him. But I thought one of the best things about Tyrone Mings is his closing speed when when he when when the ball has been when he's been dispossessed or something like that he can get back, you know. And he got back on Joe Linton uh, once or twice there, and it was. Uh, yeah, there was one beautiful tackle he put in. But I just had a complete tangent while I remembered. The best tackle of the night, best tackle of the night came from Andy Carroll. John McGinn, I think, was breaking away with the ball. Andy Carroll chased him down and put in a banger of a tackle. And Newcastle, I think it was the ta- I think it was the tackle. I think it might have been a tackle and then they hit the crossbar. Jesus, it was some tackle. I didn't expect it from Andy Carroll, but... um. Look, go, going back to going back to the game, and and sorry for that that little tangent in the middle of it. But like we did, we did way more defending there tonight than we than we should have done. You know, we should have controlled the game. I thought we did control it in the first maybe 15, 15 20 minutes, maybe of the game. Injured, I thought we were yeah. a much better team. Yeah, I, th- that- I thought that completely threw us, and we actually gave them. You know, I've said it before. Decision making on the sideline to not throw him back onto the pitch and let him lie down mm. gave them more impetus to come and come at us. They that was their best period when we did when we only had 10 men on the pitch. I was absolutely fuming. Yeah. And another thing is if a guy is lying in the stand behind the goal and you haven't got your shin pads or your jersey on, I'm sorry, you don't deserve a shin pads or a jersey or anything or anything that resembles a week's wages. What is wrong with the modern day player that is not ready to come onto the pitch when they're needed? I I'm can't gonna, get my head around it. I'm going to ask another question, right? If there's a player on the field to play, like when John Joe Shelby the, got the bloody nose, the ref stopped play immediately for a head injury. If there's a player that's absolutely capsized over in the stands and you don't see him pop directly back up, I don't care. If you talk about player safety, just because they're off the field doesn't mean the game should continue. If you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to stop the game, he's gone over himself and had a look. 
Yes, absolutely. I'm sure you got a word with linesman and went, what's well, going it, on it, there? It's not, it's not the ref I'm giving out of. I'm giving out about the laws of the game. So my idea yeah. here is they, they say, he's off the field to play, play on, play on, play on, play on. Let's keep the game flowing. Yet they'll stop yeah. the game for six minutes to look at a VAR decision. When well, uh, when there's a player down in that uh, that instance and you can see he's taking a tough tumble, the, other t- like, the referee should be stopping play there because it's the same as player safety. Who's to, who's to know he didn't smack his head off the concrete, off the concrete behind there? You just couldn't see like. You know, yeah. it's it, anyway. That's that's a, that. Once again, that's an aside. That's one of the frivolities of the rules of the game at the moment, which uh, which which we seem to find in. in I, I guarantee you, if that's if that's England captain Harry Kane gone over the the end line like that and over into the advertisement hoardings, that I was referee would for something like that, Paddy. <laughs> you know, I have no doubt about that, uh, and and that's just. Years of hurt of watching. I, I, I remember going to Old Trafford and seeing Ryan Giggs lying off the pitch in agony. He eventually went off, but the referee stopped the game. Yeah, stopped the game completely because it was Ryan Giggs. And I'm going, what the hell is going on here? There is nothing wrong with stopping the game if the referee feels that there's a bad injury. Like, it, 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 but he, he never even checked. He didn't that's even the thing. check. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's. So, I, I'm I, I know. I know. There's a thing. There's. There's. Some gobshite sitting in Stockley Park is probably going, oh, it's okay, he's in good hands. He's got two two guys looking after him. Nobody went to check how he was. Everything is about player well-being. If there was fans in the stadium, would he have stopped the game worrying about how much danger he was in? If there was fans sitting there kicking him or anything? Who knows? It's it's just one of those things. But I thought, I thought it had an influence on the game. It definitely changed us when he got injured and went off. But for those... I'm going to say maybe two and a half, three minutes, it put Newcastle in the ascendancy. And I just thought it was poor game management from the referee and poor game management for us to not have mm. someone ready to come on. Because it was surely it was quite obvious to the guys that there was, I know Dean Smith said it was a rib injury. I, I knew the minute he hit the steel hoarding or whatever it is behind it, that it must have been his ribs that he hit. He was completely out of breath. The camera got so close, you could actually hear him breathing and struggling for breath. Yeah, that's yeah. how mad it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I heard yeah. that too. Um, yeah. Look, I think this is going to be one of the few games where we're going to sit here and we're going to, you know, we're not going. To, we're, we're going to struggle to find massive, massive positives in this game. It was, it was just a flat performance. Um, like I could find positives in the Sheffield United game. Frustrated with the result. Once again, as I say, frustrated with the result with the result. I didn't think we played poorly against Sheffield United. I put out a tweet there to say this is a poor performance and it was an even poorer result. You know, so that's but I, I, I'm not I, I I don't have anger over the tra- over the performance tonight. I have uh I, I, but I don't have indifference either. Like I started off in the podcast as well. I've, I've, I've concern more so. I think is what it, is the is the feeling that I have at the moment. I have concern that with ten odd games left in the league this year, that I just don't want us to fizzle out. And look, if we go away and we draw the rest of our games, we've had a fantastic season. Regardless, I just want the season to be a small bit better. I think I want to be a small bit more greedy and 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 feeding off that point that you made, Paddy. And it was, it was the reason why I wanted you, why I asked you to clarify it because I just wanted to make sure we we're on the same wavelength. I don't want a massive overhaul in the summer. I want quality players in. I want yeah. maybe about three quality players in that team. If they if like there is going to come come a, there is going to come a time when 
maybe 100 million won't cut it or we won't have 100 million spend. And everyone says that we've got rich owners, but like we're in the middle of a COVID pandemic, lads, and, and, and you know, money doesn't grow in trees for anybody, really. And you have to, you have to hit financial fair play. And I have said it before that while we are like the, spending the amount of money that we spend on players, like spending 50 million on a player is fine, it's, but it's the wages that really kills the club. So maybe we might be in a position whereby we might get, there might be someone hits free transfers, we might lob cash at him. Uh, something mm. like that might happen. Um, but I don't know. I'll tell you I what, Neil, know. answer this question. When when did Jack sign his new contract? Middle of the, the middle of the off season. Middle of the off season. Before yeah. before the season resumed. Yeah. Still in the middle of a pandemic. To me, there has to be some kind of promises made to Jack that they're going to improve this team. Oh yeah. Improve it dramatically dramatically. Otherwise he wouldn't have signed that contract. I don't. Mm. I don't believe that that would have happened. He ne- he needs to see that he's going to be backed up for signing that contract, and I believe that he'll be backed up this summer. And if he's not, we'll go back to struggling at the bottom of the Premier League game. And that's, you know, I think that'll be a given because somebody will come in with a, a bid that we can't refuse for Jack, and he'll be gone if if we don't back it up. If I was to put if I was to put a gun to your head now and you had to name two marquee players that you realistically think would come to Aston Villa, go. That's not my job. <laughs> well, you know, it kind of is. It, it, it kind of, like like this is it. So so, I suppose realistically, if when you say when people say marquee players. I think what people really mean are we just want better players than we have already. We don't care what they cost. Well, I, I think we need to be signing someone of the ilk of Bruno Fernandes. I think we need to sign a winger that is capable of running all day, getting the right balls into the box to feed Ollie Watkins yeah. or whoever is there at the time. These things need to be done in order to take the complete pressure off Jack, which we can see now. We've, you know, we've kind of glossed over it on the podcast for the last couple of weeks because we were sure Jack was going to be back. Well, I was sure Jack was going to be back this week and apparently mm-hmm. he's picked up an illness, which is unfortunate. But he was at the match tonight, so he can't be too bad. So I would imagine we'll see him next week. But we do need to make signings. We do we do need, I, I envisage there needs to be two signings and two people will take that pressure off Jack. It can't. He can't carry us all the time. A hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm just, I, I'm trying to get my my own thought process uh, correct because, like, if there are people out there that think that maybe we're going to sign a young, up and coming, fantastic player from, like, if, let's just, I'm, I'm going to throw the name. I don't even know whether this is feasible. Let's just say somebody goes, hey, why don't we go to Paris Saint Germain and sign Julian Draxler? Yeah, just, I, I just don't see it. Like, I, I, well, I don't, don't see, see the point it. of so, that either. Yeah. So, but but the, yeah, so the, so the thing is here, I suppose, to for for us as a podcast to define, uh, it was a marquee player. I think I, I think the, the the correct phrase for it really is that we want we want to sign better players than we have in in our squad already, and we don't really care what yeah. what, what place we pray for. Like if you were to give me the checkbook in the morning, if you were to, che- to give me uh, the 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 um. The checkbook in the morning, and I'm gonna butcher his name, but I just think he's absolutely brilliant. Plays for Dynamo Kiev. His name is Victor Victor Chankov. He's he's just a really good player. 23 years of age. He scored goals for fun for Dynamo Kiev. He's nearly I think he's 60. He's one and two 
uh, one and two from from right midfield, and he actually plays really, really, really like Jack Grealish. So I suppose really that's kind of this was in my mind when I was talking about it that you know if you were to say we've signed Viktor Chankov from um, from Dynamo Kiev, a lot of people would be going like, "Who the hell is he?" You know, who the hell is he? He's not. Uh, in well, people do that when when they signed uh, Bruno Fernandez, who I made an example of. Yeah, but for, for me. The one, the, one think, the one I think that we were linked with last season that got away and we may have got him quite cheaply would have been Christian Eriksen and he would have made a difference. There so you someone go. Of that ilk, someone who could come in, yes. But I would have liked him a bit younger and I think that's the reason we didn't, he, we didn't go for him even though we were linked at the time. Mm. I think the money was probably too big for the age and... Jesus, I, I have done no research here, so I don't know how old Christian Eriksen is, but I'm guessing he's probably about 32. So he's probably a bit too old for, for what we're aiming for. But that, it's a player of that ilk, Bruno Fernandes, Christian Eriksen, just to take that pressure off Jack, just to be a little bit more creative. Um, and we also need someone to do it from the right-hand side. And I've no, I've no doubt that Bertie might, might grow into that kind of player. Um, I think we look completely different with him in the team, so... You know, I'm not. I'm not completely going hell for leather on him, um. But El Ghazi's a completely different fish. I think. I think if we got a, a good enough offer, I think El Ghazi is gone in the summer. Oh yeah, I, th- I think anything over ten million, and El Ghazi is gone. Mm. I think it'd be silly. You think it'd be silly not to not to get rid of him? Uh, Christian Eriksen, twenty nine. Well, that might not be a bad signing, so because we we'll get three or four years out of him. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you there is going to come a time when you are going to need to uh, supplement potential with. So, <laughs> do you know what? I'm, I'm actually, uh, there's another thing. There's another underlying piece that I'm struggling with in this podcast. I'm going to just come clean. I'm going to come clean. I'm struggling because for the last two or three podcasts, we've gone, oh, my God, look at all the great young players we have. And I'm trying my best not to say, we need to fucking overhaul the whole team and sign all these great players because we've literally been wanging on about... about I've yeah. learned his name, Philogene Bidis. I've even learned his name. And we we saw them today and Carly Chukwemko and, um, you know, all those guys. You know, we've, we've, we've got a group of players today who actually were... It was a bit of a bit of a flat game today. The wind didn't didn't, didn't help yeah. us in that in that aspect today. But we've got these players that are coming up as well. So there's a piece of me that kind of says, do I really, really, really want to uh, to, to to stifle their development as well? But I also want to be able to to compete in games against Newcastle United when we don't have Jack Grealish, you know. So it is it is a double edged sword. So no, I, that- I absolutely 100 percent want to see these guys coming through, but they can't all come true. You know, I, th- I think if we take maybe two out of the academy that are going to be regular starters, I mm. think that's a huge achievement for us. But if you take those two, three, four players and put them in with a Christian Eriksen or a Draxler or yeah, whatever. Draxler whoever, was just the first person that came to my mind. <laughs> you what? For Draxler was just the first person that came to my mind. There was I know, no I know what you mean. Know what you mean. For that. If you, if you, like we could go further along, Fernandez, Ozil, whatever, whoever it is that comes in, mm. a marquee player that comes in, they learn so much from that kind of player. Like I'm 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 shocked that Christian Eriksen is 29 because he seems to be around forever. Mm. I think that could be a pretty good sign in the 29. So I don't know if he's going to be available this summer, but he seemed to be available both last summer and in the January transfer window. And 
it's a risk. There's no fans in the stadium. There will be fans in the stadium come next season. There will be money coming in. Um, you know, uh, Mr. Porzlo has said we need to be three years in the Premier League. Mm. This, 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 will year. Be, this will be our third year. Yeah. Um, we're, we're obviously staying up now at this stage. So um, maybe it needs to be questioned a little bit more. Did he mean after three years or did he mean in our third year? It was, I, I know he's certain that was a question that was thrown at him. I know he's certain that was a question that was thrown at him, and it was the third year is when you can start to spend wages. Okay. I'm almost okay. certain, I'm, I, because that's, uh, yeah, open to, open to correction and that, but I'm, I'm 99% certain that that was actually true. Well, let's face it, if I, I envisage that if we don't sign anybody, we'll still stay up next year and we'll be fine. We'll be mid table. But it's just frustrating to be so close to where we are. A win tonight takes us above Liverpool on goal difference. Yeah. And um, we can't we can't even lay a glove on Newcastle on albeit we scored after ninety or eighty six minutes or wherever it was. It was very it was a frustrating game. And mm. you know, people that listen to this know we're 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 glass half full most of the time. Oh absolutely. But for for me, for me that was one of our tamest performance, I thought. I thought we were very poor. Our decision-making was very poor. When we got into the third half of the pitch, it was like watching the Burnley game where we putting balls into the box and there was just nobody getting on the end of it. That's it. The only yeah. difference was we got a bit of a scramble, as you said, against Burnley. We weren't getting any of that tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, one million percent agree. Just it's... But look, what I am also going to say, and I am going to leave, the, I suppose, we're going to wrap up the podcast here because we've, we've, we've kind of kind of laid it out tonight it was it was a deflating performance um without a shadow of a doubt i'm not in the in in the smith out camp certainly not jesus christ no absolutely not no neither am i no neither are you <laughs> we're not look, look what, what's going on at sheffield united today and you're just shaking uh, they're, they're doing the dirt on chris wilder but anyway that's absolutely. that's beside the point well, but i'd like to think that our club is, is a whole lot better than that and anybody that's saying smith out come on have a look uh, at yourself Go back and have a look at where we were this time last year. We we're looking at a long, long break. Not even that, but like, year. like we six, seven, eight, nine, ten weeks ago, we were saying, "Why is Bielsa getting all of the all of the praise when Dean Smith has done just as good a job?" Dean Smith is doing fine. Dean Smith is doing fine. We're we're in a slump, and we're in a slump because look, I think I'm already I'm ready to admit that we have, um, the. The, the team is just devoid of ideas at the moment, but that isn't always just down to the manager, you know. Uh, I think that there's poor decisions made in the field. I do think that we have we can. Another thing is we mentioned. I I, I started to try to mention it at the start of the podcast. Matty Cash has been out. Matty Cash allows us not to line three three midfielders across the middle of the field. Yeah. So what I mean by that is we're playing more so four three three, which means we're breaking at <coughs> we're breaking at a slower speed from the middle of midfield. We're doing that to protect. Ahmed Al Mohammadi at right back. When Matty Cash comes in there, I, I fully expect us to go back to our four-two-three-one. <coughs> Sorry, and cough mid 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 uh, chat. I expect us to go back to our four-two-three-one again, and I expect us to show a small bit more um more fluidity through the middle of the field as well as uh, as up top. But um, I think I'm at the stage as well, and I and I can understand why people are saying play the young people. The game just kind of passed Jacob Ramsey by a small bit today, um, but. He still put in a hell of a lot more. There's still a hell of a lot more oh, from him. Okay, for for a long period of the game, he went he went missing. Then the game did bypass him, as you say. 
Um, but he was better than Barkley is kind of what I'm getting at. And I don't think that that was, yeah. I don't think Barkley was the reason we didn't win this game or anything like that. In fact, he carried the ball a small bit, but I just think he's lost so many yards of pace over the course of this year. It's been mm-hmm. unbelievable. Um, I've never seen somebody be that, like whether he's still carrying an injury or whether he's just not fully fit or whatever. I just, it makes no sense to me why he's, he's just, he's gotten slower in front of our eyes. I need to cough again. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, took my breath away. Yes, I'm a bit <laughs> emotional over this game or something. I don't know. But um, no, look, we I, I think we'll leave it there, Paddy, because we'll probably go back down the road of we'll find someone else that we can talk poorly about. And look, that's not what we're about. The, the deflation no, is... is it, well, the, let, let me just say that, you know, although we're really downbeat tonight, and we've every right to be downbeat, we're not we're not digging pe- the manager out. We're not saying he's... a he should be gone. You know, players are useless. We're not doing that. We're just saying they're not. They didn't perform tonight. They need to do better. They need to move on. And you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if we went and took a result off Spurs next week. It really wouldn't. It really wouldn't surprise me if we went out and beat Spurs two 0 next week. It's our game in hand, isn't it? It's one of our games in hand. It would. Spurs. Yeah. It's. A, I think it's FA Cup next week. Is it? I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Next weekend. But, it's, we, it's, no, we we play we play Spurs in the twenty first, which is next weekend. Yeah, but is it FA Cup next weekend? It is, but that that's why it's one of our games in hand. That's so that's why that yeah yeah yeah. yeah. We, we a, haven't played Spurs yet. No, and we haven't played Everton yeah. yet. No, and I, I'm we'll be back during the week talking about Spurs. Uh, have we not played Everton at all? We did, didn't so. we? Did we? Oh, we here did. we go, sure we did. lads. This is professional. Um, <laughs> I don't think we have played Everton yet. I don't think so. Talk amongst yourselves there, guys. If anyone wants to go make a cup of tea. We, def- we definitely haven't this. played Spurs yet anyway. And mm. I think I, I I think if we if we can get Maddie Cash back on the pitch next week and get Jack back on the pitch next week, I think we'll be a completely different side and we'll have a completely different podcast and we won't be as oh, yeah. down as we are. Yeah, look, listen, it's okay to have a fucking to have a podcast where we start kind of like having a bit of a bitch in the morning, but that's mm. all okay. I'm absolutely okay with having that too. It's it's but like as I say, I'm I'm Smith in and I am not a massive detractor of um of, of the way that, that he sets the team up in the main. I just think that, you know, I, I, I think that I think that we're going through a bad patch at the moment and every team is doing it. Every team goes through yep. a bad patch, bad likes of Man City. And but the reason Man City don't go through a bad patch isn't because well they, they've got Pep Guardiola, which helps, but they also have an absolutely massive squad full of brilliant players. You know, so mm-hmm. if they don't have Sterling in the team, they have Marid Riyad uh, Mahrez in the team. If they don't have Sergio Aguero in the team, they've got Gabriel Jesus. If we don't have Ollie mm-hmm. Watkins in the team, we've got we've got Keenan Davis. Mm-hmm. And I think and that's a good way to end the podcast because that is the long and the short of it. By the way, we haven't played everything yet. We were due to play them on the 7th of January and it was postponed due to COVID. And it hasn't so been refixed. So we've two games yet. against Everton and two games against, uh, against Spurs. Spurs. Yeah, two games against Everton, two games against Spurs. And look, as I say, we're... Uh, yeah, look, it's 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 one of those ones whereby um, we'll go out against Spurs next week. We could have, as I say, Jack Grealish, Matty Cash. Matty Cash will be available. He was on the bench tonight. Jack Grealish will likely be available as well. And look, we'll see where we go from there. But um, look, putting a positive spin on something, I absolutely love Aston Villa. Everybody who's listening to this podcast loves Aston Villa. 
Every, best of it is giving this pod, giving this podcast some great days. It's given all of you great days, and we will have those great days very, very soon again. This was just a shit game. Sheffield United was a shit game. Wolves is a shit game. Look, there's worse things happening at sea. Um, worst things happening at sea, guys. Anyway, have you any obje- have you any objection to uh, um, Ezri Konza being Lakers Sportsman of the match? No, not at all. Ezri Konza can be Lakers Sportsman of the match every week if you want. He's just because he doesn't do anything wrong, you know. He's incredible. He's absolutely incredible. He's brilliant. He's, yeah. he's like James Bond back there. To keep calling him a role, <laughs> I prefer to call him James Bond. Yeah, he's just as cool as shit. Like <laughs> he's unreal. Brilliant. Yeah, Ezra Concept, Lakers sportsman, a match again. I think you got it last week again as well against uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. So that's two in a row, and you're. You must be at this stage. I'm off for two weeks, so I'm going to update that in the pod- on the website, actually, because uh, I've got a couple of them up there, and I'm going to start to update that again. But it uh, be interesting to see how close he's coming to Emmy Martinez, because Emmy Martinez almost had trademark on it there for a while. Mm-hmm. So um, so listen, guys, we, we've rambled a small little bit here. This wasn't really even a podcast about the game. This was more about a state of the, the Villa podcast, the state of how we were feeling about Aston Villa. We talked it through. Look, as I say... If you feel if you feel uh, aggrieved or angry about tonight, that's absolutely cool. I can understand why. I suppose I'm kind of more searching for searching for answers. I'm, I'm as I say, I'm a bit more concerned about tonight's performance more so than anything else. But uh, I do have full faith that that the that the management team can turn this around, especially when we get two of our, our two best, uh, or sorry, two of our best players and our actual best player back into the team again. So. Um, as always, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for all the interaction. You can follow Paddy on at Villa Paddy. You can follow me on at Love McGrath Pod. Spurs coming up this weekend. And before I cough again, all that's left to say is up the villa. The villa. Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.